the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, you saw Chris Ray's testimony, the FBI director, on Capitol Hill yesterday, which you probably didn't see because it wasn't as big a deal, but it sure made some really interesting takeaways afterward, was climate czar John Kerry's testimony on Capitol Hill. Now, uh, John Kerry is uh, the former failed Democratic presidential candidate. And if you haven't been following him since he lost to George W. Bush, uh, you probably missed the fact that John Kerry is trying, trying to save the planet from itself, from, I don't know, global carbon emissions, global warming, climate change. I'm never really sure what the right buzz term is. But uh, John Kerry was on Capitol Hill yesterday, and uh, the first guy to step up to the plate and talk to him was uh, Pennsylvania Representative Scott Perry, whose uh, questioning of John Kerry, well, it uh, kind of set a tone for the day. In an attempt to get to net zero by 2050, do you support the administration's goal of cutting U.S. emissions in half by 2030? Uh, Yes, I do. Secretary, in 1997, the Senate voted 95 to zero, including you and then Senator Biden, in favor of the Byrd-Hagel resolution, which resolved that the U.S. shouldn't cut emissions until China, Mexico, India, Brazil, South Korea, and other so-called developing nations cut emissions as well. Do you remember that? I do very, very well because I was managing it on the floor of the Senate. Since uh, 97, have emissions from China, India, and Mexico all increased? Yes, as yeah, they have yeah. from the United States. And, and global emissions have continued to increase as well, right? Yes. Have any of those countries submitted a credible plan to get to net zero emissions by 2050? Which countries? Let's just go with uh, China, India, or Mexico. No. It seems that have you abandoned your position that those other nations would cut emissions before Americans would have to make choices between the groceries on their table and paying for, for these policies? I think the reality is that the world changed in that period of time. Oh, the world changed. Okay. So he and Joe Biden were all in on, hey, we'll cut our carbon emissions when all the rest of you polluters do too. And they haven't. And we have. And John Kerry now wouldn't support the U.S. waiting for other countries to do so. And China's the world's biggest polluter and India's right there with them. Uh, By the way, Kerry's going to China very, very soon. We'll get to that. But he says the world's changed since 1997. Okay. Is there, uh, are there more electric cars on the road now than there were in 1997? I would say yes. Have we become better at making clean energy? Have we become aware? If you remember 1997, was the phrase clean energy ever uttered? I don't think so. So this is boondoggle and John Kerry is, benefiting from the boondoggle he's flying all over the world davos here there everywhere i know you're saying right now 
He's, he's flying in a private jet, Bruce, flying in a private jet. Yes, he is. Which was noted by Florida Representative Corey Mills, who was next. And he began a line of questioning to John Kerry about Chinese solar panels and how difficult they are to get rid of once they cease to be functional. And he began his questioning of John Kerry by saying, I hope it wasn't too problematic for your operational team and your private jet to get here. Ouch. John Kerry did not like the reference to his private jet. I just don't agree with your facts, which began with the presentation of one of the most outrageously persistent lies that I hear, which is this private jet. We don't own a private jet. I don't own a private jet. I personally have never owned a private jet. And obviously, it's pretty stupid to talk about coming in a private jet from the State Department up here. It just honestly, if that's where you want to go, go there. Hmm. Well, he did go there. John Kerry said, did you notice? Remember what he said? I do not personally own a private jet. Now, if you were married and let's just say you married an heiress or you married somebody who uh, won the lottery, won the Powerball. And because of their advanced wealth, they decided to go out and buy a Corvette. New, old, doesn't matter. They got a Corvette. And I saw you driving the Corvette. And I said to you, when I saw you a week or two after that, hey, do you want a Corvette? Would your answer be, no, I don't own a Corvette. Or would your answer be, yeah, I do. Well, John Kerry does not personally own a private jet. It's his wife, who's an heiress to the Heinz ketchup fortune, who owns the private jet. Which Michael Walls, congressman, wanted to clarify so John Kerry does not find himself to be in violation of statutes that require you to tell the truth when testifying before Congress. Mr. Secretary, uh, in, in exchange with Mr. Mills, you uh, just testified under oath that you never owned a private jet. Uh, Mr. Chairman, I'd like to enter into the record an uh, article here from February 15th of 2023 that the John Kerry family private jet was sold shortly after accusations of climate hypocrisy. Uh, Mr. Secretary, do you stand by that testimony that you've never I, owned or I personally, your family, I your family. personally, yes, my wife owned a plane and she sold the and plane. You flew well, on that been, plane? Uh, not in a number of years, and, but I have flown on it, and sure. this article is not then inaccurate, that your family owned a plane, you flew on a plane. My wife owned a plane. Here's the issue. Yeah. This isn't some kind of partisan gotcha. When we are asking Americans to make serious sacrifices as we transition – for the common good, and your family and or yourself are flying around on private jets, that smacks of hypocrisy. It actually hurts your cause, Mr. Secretary, but I'll, I'll move on. But, I but want to know sir, from a record sir, standpoint. Afford me the, the right, at least, to set the record straight here. I do not fly on a private jet. Uh, I, do, I do not fly. I fly commercially. Have on you flown all on a private jet since you've taken this position? Just, just let, me, let me finish. I have flown five times in the last two and a half years on Mill Air, which you also fly on. Sure. 
and or some of you who travel fly on five times. Otherwise, all of my trips are commercial Have airlines. you flown on a private jet in a personal or official capacity since you've taken this position? Possibly once. Well, I looked into that. Possibly once. He just said in the last five years, he's flown five times on Mill Air, military air. I hold in my hand a New York Post story. John Kerry defends taking private jet to accept climate award in Iceland. When did he accept the award? 2019. Is 2019 within the last five years? Yes, it is. Did John Kerry forget? He said possibly once. Well, this is the once. This, by the way, he was asked at that climate conference, hey, what about taking the private jet? And he said, it is the only choice for someone like me. Oh, that's not condescending at all. Not condescending at all. Uh, Kerry's testimony wrapped up with Florida Representative Brian Mast who had a big poster behind him with a lot of blank spaces on it, trying to fill in who the people are working for John Kerry in the climate czarship that he holds. Interesting, Kerry didn't want to fill in the blanks for him. We have email traffic letters from both State Department and the Executive Office of the President, both of them pointing at each other. I apologize. That one is out of order. I got to get you one more here. It's Kerry arguing with Brian Mast. I have two deputies, and uh, they are well-known. But I'm not going to go through all the Rick names. Duke. That would be a violation of our process within the State Department. You're not going to tell us who's I'm not going to go office. through them by name because that is not the required process of the State Department. He's not going to go through who works for him in climate. Not the required protocol of the State Department to disclose who works in a very elevated position policing climate efforts in the United States, would they not be on a government payroll, which would mean they are paid by the U.S. taxpayer? Was it your impression? It was not mine. That people who work for our government can do so in a secret capacity? Sure, if they're the CIA. But if they work for the climate czar, you can keep that a secret? So I wanted to play one final snippet from the John Kerry appearance on Capitol Hill because it underscores and will serve as a transition into another story, which underscores a greater theme of the lack of transparency, the lack of honesty, the degree of targeting political enemies that is so apparent throughout the Biden administration. I know we see it with the way they went after parents at school board meetings and the way that they targeted Catholic masses and the way that they uh, got Bank of America to hand over information on who might have purchased weapons or ammunition in the Washington, D.C. area on January 5th, 6th, and 7th. You see it all throughout. But I want to show the degree to which they will go after one citizen they don't like. And I'll get there. But first, I want you to hear John Kerry and how just disdainful he was of listing the people who work for him in high positions of influence, spending Millions and millions and millions of taxpayer dollars. Remember, the Inflation Reduction Act was not an Inflation Reduction Act. It was a climate bill. They started calling it a climate bill 
after it passed, because if they had called it a climate bill before it passed, it never would have passed. But Brian Mast of Florida was asking Kerry, by the way, I got this poster behind me. I got your picture at the top. I don't have any other pictures, but I got titles. And I want you to tell me who fills this job. No, no, no. I'm not going to tell you. State Department policy does not require me to tell you who works for me in a taxpayer paid position. Uh, Brian Mast talking about the secrecy and the impropriety of that being John Kerry's attitude. They are running a shadow office. They don't have a website at State Department. They don't have a landing page. They don't have an about me section or a mission statement section. We did a FOIA request a couple of years ago asking for the people that worked in their office, who's being paid by the taxpayer. They said, we'll get back to you after 2024. That's why we were asking those questions today. And I think the reason is, is because they don't want the American people to know what climate extremists coming from radical think tanks are working in their office going out there and conducting these secret operations around the globe. That is exactly why. That is exactly why. Because they want to have political partisans in position of power, and they don't want you or me to scrutinize them for it. We see this throughout their weaponization of the DOJ and the degree to which they will go after their enemies. In 2018, Peter Schiff, an economist, went on the Joe Rogan podcast. And while he was on the Joe Rogan podcast, and you know what they think of Rogan, right? Because of what he said about how he used ivermectin to get over COVID. Peter Schiff went on the Rogan podcast and he said, look, if you're really, really rich, you might want to consider relocating to Puerto Rico. You live in Puerto Rico. It's a U.S. territory. You've got all the benefits of being a U.S. citizen, but you don't have to pay U.S. federal income tax. Ooh, I didn't know that. Did you know that? Well, a lot of rich people didn't know it. And Peter Schiff afterward said in an interview, he kept getting approached by people who moved to Puerto Rico, thanking him for letting them know. He said, how'd you hear about it? Oh, I heard you on Joe Rogan. Well, they weren't the only ones who heard Peter Schiff on Joe Rogan. The Biden administration also heard Peter Schiff on Joe Rogan. And once they got power, they set about going after Peter Schiff, and his Bank of Puerto Rico. What did they do to bring Peter Schiff into line? The degree to which they weaponized their law enforcement arm is staggering, even in light of what they did and are doing with their Department of Justice. They formed with several other countries a new investigative organization to go after, are you ready for this, tax evasion. Oh, isn't that interesting? They prioritized people who are running, in their words, the biggest tax evasion operation in the world. Wow. Did I imagine just recently the president's son, Hunter Biden, was allowed to skate on what IRS whistleblower Gary Shapley said were mammoth tax evasion violations off the money he got from a Ukrainian energy company. The statute of limitations expired and Hunter Biden next week is supposed to go before a judge to approve his sweetheart plea deal to two misdemeanor tax violations. But when it concerned Peter Schiff, And when it concerned people who were taking advantage of U.S. law, which can change at any point, but it hadn't been changed, 
They couldn't get it changed to plug that loophole that allowed people to move to Puerto Rico and not pay, not pay U.S. federal income tax. So what did they do? They made up their own law. Just like now, saw a headline today. They already have unveiled their plan to forgive student loans again after getting slapped down by the Supreme Court just about a week ago. But back to Peter Schiff and back to Puerto Rico. Biden administration officials joined with other countries to come up with a new organization that they called the J-5. And the J-5 showed up on Peter Schiff's doorstep in Puerto Rico. They also subpoenaed him to testify before a grand jury in California. And when they served the subpoena on him in California in January of 2020, they said, we request that you not disclose the fact that you have been served with the subpoena because it could seriously hamper our investigation. So they told Peter Schiff, you've been subpoenaed, but don't tell anybody. And then shortly thereafter, reports surfaced citing authorities who revealed a massive investigation into a bank that posed, in one report, a grave organized crime threat to the United States. The New York Times and three Australian outlets, including Australia's version of 60 Minutes, reported on this subpoena that they told Peter Schiff, you're not allowed to tell anybody. But they went, they leaked it, they told journalists. And these journalists started reporting on it. So then, Puerto Rican bank authorities shut down Peter Schiff's bank. Do you know why they shut down Peter Schiff's bank? The reason that they gave for for shutting down Peter Schiff's bank? News reports about the bank's viability. So get this, they subpoena him to testify, they tell him not to mention the subpoena, they leak the subpoena, news reports result from the leak, Puerto Rican authorities then working with U.S. authorities shut down his bank saying it's insolvent because news reports have suggested that it is engaged in tax evasion. You create the headline that you use as a reason to shut the bank down. It gets better. So the Puerto Rican authorities ran the numbers on Schiff's bank, and they found out that it had $66 million in outstanding liabilities and $68 million in liquid assets. The whole thing was made up. The whole thing was a scam. They were never insolvent. They never broke the law. But do you know who is still holding $65 million in depositors' assets, the IRS. That's who. They have held it for the better part of a year. They have not released it to depositors because they are a lawless administration and are determined to remain so. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.